Welcome to the Ozaki Family Wellness Podcast, a guide to finding wellness resources in Ozaki County. Your host, Dr. Camille Berger, will interview a local business or care provider each week to provide you with resources, information, and connections for your family's wellness. As a family chiropractor in Cedarburg, Dr. Berger wants to empower you to take charge of your family's health and wellness. Of course, she would love to hear what you want to learn about and who you want to hear from. To submit a request, head over to ozakifamilywellness.org and hit the contact button to send an email. Or leave us a review and let us know what you think. We can't wait to hear from you. So stay tuned, hit subscribe, sit back, and enjoy. This episode was previously recorded during the Wisconsin Safer at Home order. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us again today for an interview. Today, I have with me Sarah Schneider, um, and she is a counselor located in, you're in Grafton, right? You're still at the same location? I am, yes. Starting off, tell us about yourself and how you became a counselor that specializes in depression, anxiety, and the perinatal period. Sure. Um, So, I am a certified rehabilitation counselor and a licensed professional counselor. So I think that kind of um, gives me a unique perspective on treating individuals with their struggles. Um, I've been working in the mental health field about 10 years now, and um, I've always been drawn to kind of helping um, others through their struggles with the depression and anxiety specifically. Um, as you know, there's a really high need to address um, depression and anxiety specifically within the, the perinatal period and um, not as many resources available. Uh, so that's really what drew me to kind of fill that void and help out that population um, to the, the perinatal population. Absolutely. I I know that it is a need and this area, um, Ozaki County has been having more and more resources available, which is wonderful. But a lot of times I think we think of pregnancy and those first few months of having a baby of being something that's supposed to be so joyful. And because of all the hormone changes and all the life changes, there's just an increase in anxiety and then sometimes also depression that a lot of moms and women weren't expecting to happen because they they expect it to be joyful and wonderful, which it absolutely is. Right. But we forget about that that other aspect of it. So having resources available is so wonderful. Definitely. Um, so tell us about your philosophy about happiness. Um, I have your rat card, and I love what you say on there. So just share share some of that with us. Sure. Um, so I really believe that the human person is such an integrated system. Um, so I think when you, as you start to integrate changes in one area of your life, um, you just naturally start to move forward in others and that kind of creates an upward spiral. Um, so I, I really work to draw on, um, on scientific, like various scientific proven methods from like psychology, 
neuroscience, um, integrative medicine, um, just to help foster some of that physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Because I think, like I said, I believe that they're so um, intertwined. So um, within that, I I think I'm I I'm a firm believer that each individual is unique, and um, as are their experiences, feelings, thoughts. Um, and interpretations of just life in general. Um, so because of that, I really work with each client on an individual basis. Um, I get to know them as an individual, and um, I really work to get to the root cause of what the issue is. Um, so once we find that root cause, then we're able to kind of move forward in the treatment. Um, the treatment is completely curtailed to the um, individual and um, I just help kind of guide through that process and um, we make step-by-step -step changes that um, you know to that belief and belief systems the thought patterns and the self-care behaviors at a pace that's just really comfortable um, for the individual and sustainable most importantly um, so that that kind of also means that I use um, just the methods of, of change that I feel that um, best fit that individual, um, their personality, <clears throat> excuse me, and the issues that they're, um, that they're facing in order to kind of initiate that change. Awesome. Um, so for each person, you're using a different in strategy. Um, what types of strategies and therapies do you use to help empower your patients? Um, like I said, just kind of a broad range, anything from um, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, solution focused, um, uh, person centered. Um, I really like um, utilizing um, theories and practices that really empower my clients and um, more of like that strength-based approach um, just to really help the individual recognize that they are in control of their life and they have the ability to make positive changes. Awesome. Um, and then I'm assuming you give them like tools for them to use throughout their day to, to remember that and to instill that in their almost like thought patterns? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, we kind of, um, in, a, in the field, we kind of refer to it as your toolbox. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so really with, with clients, like I said, it's an individual basis and I try to, I try to um, curtail it to what their comfort is. And I tell people when they come in to just try to keep an open mind and let's try um, let's try things. And if they work, that's awesome. And if they don't just be honest with me and we'll find something else that, you know, seems to work a little bit better for them. Okay. So that, that's kind of how we yeah. build that toolkit. Okay. Yeah. Um, just looking at my questions. Okay. So who do you, who do you work with and what are some typical reasons that people seek you out? Um, so I work with a pretty broad range of clients, um, various ages, uh, really anywhere from five to 99, <laughs> which I know seems pretty, 
pretty broad, but um, I think that just the fact that uh, I really focus on each client as an individual, it really allows me to support a, a, a wide range of clients and just um, kind of the experience that the experience in the mental health field that I've had. Um, so I would say that the most common reason clients seek me out um, would be to work through some of that depression and anxiety in their life. Um, and like I said before, we just really work to get to the root cause of that. Um, so with some clients, it might be genetic. Um, with others, it might be a traumatic event or um, traumatic life experiences. Um, for many females, it might be um, the, the, the perinatal postpartum period that kind of triggers it. Um, so really it's just, it just, it just kind of depends. Um, I think most importantly, I, I really work to make sure that um, my clients are comfortable with me. And I think that that connection with your therapist is so important if it's not there. Um, I don't think it's going to be um, a successful experience. And I, I really want people to have that successful ex experience because mm -hmm. um, if they don't, I fear that maybe they won't take the next step to get the help that they need and go out and try to find someone else. So I'm very forward with my clients. Just, just be honest with me and let me know, like, where are you at? Are you comfortable? Like, you know, I'm not, you're not, you're not going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> if, if, if I'm not a good fit for you, I, I'm a big advocate of, you know, trying to find the person that's right for you because you're really talking to this individual about things that are near and dear to your heart and maybe things that you don't share with anybody else. So, um, yeah, I, I really focus on trying to find the right fit. That's awesome. It, it is definitely um, a roadblock, I think, for some people to, to seek out a counselor to find someone to talk to because it can take a couple tries to find a person that yeah. they're comfortable with. And sometimes like even just one bad fit and they just don't, they just don't want to keep looking. So that's wonderful that right. you were understanding of that. Um, and I, and I think most counselors are, and it's just not necessarily always talked about. So that's great. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So during the, the COVID crisis, I imagine you're seeing a huge increase in anxiety and depression, um, because some people are directly affected by the virus and others mm -hmm. are having this indirect effect from school closure. So they have their kids at home, they're trying to um, kind of homeschool and still work at home. Um, others are affected by layoffs and um, changes in their, in their routine, loss of human connection, not seeing the people they're used to seeing, their, their support systems. And then there's this whole huge fear of unknown so what recommendations do you have for someone who's watching or listening to us now that feels lost or overwhelmed with the situation and is looking for a solution or is looking for help? Sure. Um, I think the biggest 
like day-to-day recommendations I can make, like the, the daily daily basis um, would be like stick to a routine. Um, I think right now, whether you're working or not working, um, there's a lot of um, time that just seems unfilled. And um, I think it's just really important to stick to that routine and give yourself that structure. Um, it, it helps, you know, with your, your mental wellness. Um, that also I would include in that um, trying to have specific rooms where you do specific things, which might seem sort of silly, um, but like um, trying not to sleep in your bed and also work in your bed and, um, you know, watch movies at night in your bed or <laughs> so making sure that you have specific um, places that you go because we're so used to always being on the go, go, go and um, having places places to be. And um, so kind of creating that, that false sense of, um, um, you know, having, having that space can be really helpful in creating that structure and routine. Um, I would say definitely get outside um, get some fresh air at least once a day. Um, try to move for at least 30 minutes a day, every day. Um, obviously, reaching out to others. A lot of this stuff we've heard before, right? Um, eat well and hydrate. Don't try not to, you know, use this as a time to just eat those, um, all those treats and things. Just you try to try to keep your um, physical health in line and your mental health, as I said, will, will follow a lot of times follow suit, um, just because we are so, so integrated. Um, if individuals find that they're still struggling, um, with, with those incorporating those daily tasks, um, I would encourage them to reach out, um, and talk to a professional to talk, uh, um, I'm sorry, reach out to a professional to talk. And um, I think one of the most important things to remember that, that during this time is that we're collectively going through um, struggles, you know. Um, I think it's really important to allow yourself the time and space to process through those feelings and um, and to be proactive about, about doing so um, rather than reactive. So, um, I think when people assume that things will be better when society get, gets back to the new normal, um, we tend to see that uptick in, the, in individuals um, that have not processed through their experiences or their, those feelings. Um, and in turn, they tend to exhibit um, more symptomatic anxiety and depression. So um, I would just really encourage you to reach out and um, talk about what you're going through. Yeah, absolutely. I know for me, like our kids being home all the time and not having the option to have a babysitter and leave the house um, for an evening has been an interesting change for for us, at, you know, as a married couple and as a family, because yeah. um, there's some difficult conversations that have to be had about 
what's going on between me and my husband. And it's difficult to get those conversations in without our kids right there. And then I find like, "Mm, take these feelings, push them down. So my kids don't see them or Mm -hmm. feel them. And especially my seven-year-old is she, she kind of gets it. Um, She was telling us the other day how she's like, just call it the sickness because Jonah and Cecilia don't really know. I am so about pushing it down in front of her that I forgot that she feels it too. And to work through that with someone is, can be so helpful because you're like, I have this scheduled time, but this is my time to feel my feelings. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And process them. And then I can help my child with that situation too. Cause I know Yes. If I haven't processed it, how am I going to help my child process exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, that was eye-opening to me last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, have you have you been helping families um, with how to talk to their kids about this? Because I know this is um, a little little off topic, but. I know that's something where I'm like, I don't even know how to tell my kids. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Everything that's going on. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's probably one of the um, biggest concerns that parents are having. Um, But like you were saying, um, kids are so perceptive of their adults. Um, If you are pushing it down and not dealing with it, then they just kind of tend to follow suit, right? So um, if if you're having the the difficult conversations and um, allowing yourself to work through it, um, I think they tend to follow suit of that. And if you're experiencing a lot of fear, a fear associated with everything that's going on, they're in turn gonna kind of follow suit. So, um, like you said, I think the best thing you can do is um, t- have your space to talk about it um, and and work through your feelings. Um, and then allowing that space for your kids or being that person for your kids, or if you can't, you know, getting them connected with some, with a professional as well. Um, but I think that, um, just really reinforcing with the kids that, um, they, they don't necessarily need to be afraid during this time. And, um, really working on establishing those, those, those positive um, attachments with the kids. Um, so using this time to like, just kind of hear what they need. And, and, and if they are looking for some of that, that um, reassurance, I think that's a really great thing to give them during this time. Um, or if they are looking, if they are in need of some, you know, physical, um, love or attention, just cuddling up with them and having a conversation with them. Like that, those, those positive attachments are really going to be important for the kids during this time, just to reassure them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, awesome. Okay. So kind of on, on that note, the, the perinatal and the postpartum period of a woman's life is full of all these changes and transformations. Um, and for me personally, the way that I 
navigated through that was with connections with other women and people in my family, other families that were going through similar transitions at the same time. And during the safer at home order, it's not really doable to meet with those families in person and have that, that very physical connection with them. Um, so do you have any recommendations how families and women can continue to have this connection or do you have any other tools or suggestions for things that they can do to navigate this period of their life with the social constraints that are put on us right now? Yeah, um, I think social connection and um, having other people understanding what you're going through and that you're not alone in those feelings is really important um, to your wellness. Um, and I think that there, um, like, like you said, there are a lot of people that kind of rely on that support to get them through um, the difficult times. So um, there's a lot, fortunately enough, there's a lot of virtual resources out there for, um, for perinatal and postpartum support. Um, there's the postpartum support international that um, I believe they offer those um, weekly online support groups um, okay. for individuals that are kind of in that period. And um, I know that a lot of um, a lot of these groups have moved to um, virtual, which offers the same service. And I know it's kind of hard to get used to at first, um, but it, it offers the same service, the same support. Um, but from the safety of your home and um, just trying to meet those needs. Um, I would highly encourage a support group like that. Um, and obviously, like I said before, um, and you kind of mentioned, just reaching out to loved ones, um, family, and maybe, um, maybe a parent, your, maybe your mother has gone, went through the same thing um, during that period. And... Um, she can kind of offer you some support or guidance. Um, definitely reach out um, to those people. Um, and then another great way would be just um, to, to achieve that, that, that sense of community and connection um, would be helping others out or doing something for your community if you're able. Uh, I think that helping others helping others, uh, especially during a time of need, it gives a sense of agency when things kind of seem a little bit out of control or abnormal. Um, so something as simple as maybe you drop off a treat at a stranger's door or with a little note, like wishing you well or something that can, it can really make you feel good and lift your spirits and, you know, help others um, feel good too, so. Oh, I like that. That's a, that's, that's a wonderful idea um, to help build, a sense of community within our community as we kind of like don't physically interact with each other to create new ways of interacting. Absolutely. I love that. Awesome. So tell us what services you're currently offering and how we can get in touch with you. Sure. Um, so I offer one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions, um, family sessions, couple sessions, um, both the standard 50-minute sessions as well as um, extended 80-minute sessions. Um, okay. That always starts for new clients um, with an intake assessment, which is about an hour typically. Um, I've currently moved all of my sessions to virtual, virtual telehealth for the time being. 
um, you know, given the CDC's current recommendations um, and in order just to kind of keep my clients as safe and healthy as possible. Um, hoping to get back to the office in Grafton soon. <laughs> um, but until then, um, you can get in touch with me by finding me on Facebook. Um, I'm at Schneider Counseling. Um, or you can check out my website at schneidercounseling.org. And um, under the contacts tab, you can find my um, information there. Wonderful. Are you going to continue the the online calls when you I can't type and speak at the same time. What <laughs> <laughs> um, do you return to the office in Grafton? Yes, actually, um, virtual uh, telehealth is something that I was pri providing prior to, um, you know, offering as a service okay. prior to uh, the the virus kind of starting. Um, so thankfully, I was familiar with everything and didn't have to shuffle around or adjust too much. I'm grateful for that. But um, yeah, I'll definitely be offering it after that as well. Great. That's, that's wonderful. Um, I kind of, I like the in-person counseling, um, but I, I'm not upset about this movement into the telehealth because then you, everyone across the country can connect with the right person for them and they don't have to be constrained to their geography. So right. it's kind of like a nice side effect of everything that's going on. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Great, all right. So anything else you wanna share with us before we, we finish up here today? I don't think so. I hope everybody is safe and healthy and um, stays well. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to chat with us today. Um, and I, I really hope that everyone watching knows that just because we are staying safer at home doesn't mean that we can't reach out to other people in our community to reach out for professional help if we feel like we need it. Um, or if we feel like there's some sort of improvement that we can make in our thought patterns or in our daily life. So that is always an option. It is still an option. And thank you so much for offering that. Yes, thank you. All right, we'll talk soon. All Bye. right, talk soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Ozaki Family Wellness Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Watch for future episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. If there is someone that you would like to hear on the podcast, please visit ozakifamilywellness.org to contact us. There's also a link in the episode description. This podcast has been produced and edited by Easy Street Media.